Why do you say that, Father? You aren't afraid, are you? No. But I respect some of the superstitions of others. Often, they are founded in fact. Broadcasting live from our Sanctum Sanctorum in Venice, California, this is the Sixth Sense Society. I'm your host, Krista, here with our producer, Michael, and today we are most excited to have back on the show, Ray Davis. He's a, an old friend of the show and a friend of ours, and he is a very talented man, a musician, a composer, singer, songwriter, and also a very metaphysical person. Today, though, he's going to come and talk about his brand new show that he's doing on Saturday nights, High Vibes Saturday Night. But before we get started, Michael has a few announcements. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to our broadcast. It's always fun having Ray on. And then next week, we have another good friend, Reverend Jim McGrath. He'll be talking about King Solomon and why King Solomon is associated with occultism and magic. And is there biblical reasons for that or historic reasons and so forth. So it should be really fascinating. Uh, get all, all the information on our show on our website, sixcentsociety.com, S-A-X-T-H, all spelled out. And while you're there, if you can afford to, buy us a coffee on Ko-Fi. It makes us happy and helps us cover a little of our cost. But most important thing, go to YouTube, click like and subscribe, and that really helps us as much as anything. So I don't want to take up any more time because there's just so much to enjoy with Ray on the show today. So I'm going to kick it back to you guys. So take it away, Krista. Great. Thank you, Michael. Welcome, Ray. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It's great to be back. Yes, I was looking at all of the past shows, and you have been on four other times. That is crazy. Starting November 19, 2019, which was about music and consciousness. Mm -hmm. I remember that show. Yeah, And I, I go back sometimes, and I'll listen to some of the shows, and I have to admit, I think they're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you forget all about them, and you don't know, and you're like, oh, wow, I really, you know, the, the, that show, we learned more about who you were and your family background, and... And then we did some other shows around music, but also around uh, uh, Freemasonry and tarot. So That's right. we're excited to have you back to talk about your latest creative endeavor. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it myself. It is latest and brand new, but not brand new, at least in my thinking about it, because I've, I've thought about some kind of version of this for a while. Back in 2015, the band and I, uh, had a residency at a little club here in L.A. Uh, called Molly Malone's. We were there every Monday night, and we called it High Vibe Music. Uh, and it was it was a great show for us. We just couldn't attract a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, the, the crowds are small, and it was just taking a long time to build anything. And in the meantime, the, you know, the band members, they had all volunteered to do it. You know, we weren't paying anybody because we weren't making enough. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of fell apart on its own. And since then, I've been thinking I would really like to have one place, one time, where I can present my music and just grow an audience, you know. And so the, the idea of a show came about because of another idea that I'd had that I figured what, this, this would actually even be better. Uh, you want to hear about it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so I um, first first thing you got it. This is going to refer back to maybe the first show and a bit about my mother. My mother is a great musician. Uh, she is eighty four years old right now, and uh, is somewhat retired. Um, she doesn't play for as many churches or many things as she did for a long time, but she's still always available to play and sing. And you know, she practices and music is her life. She's an excellent piano player, better than me. But last year, she called me on the phone. and Well, of course she called me on the phone. She called me and then said, um, basically, without a lot of chit-chat, you need to be doing something with your music. And I mean, she really got into me. Wow. Yeah. Uh, something had happened. Maybe something came through prayer and meditation or whatever. But she was concerned. She wanted to make sure I was really doing something i'm like mom i'm doing something. i'm playing different places i you know i got stuff going on she said no you need to be doing something with your music it needs to be really out there 
And the rest of the year, all I could hear was my mother's voice. Hmm. So this year, I said, no, we're, we're definitely going to do something. What is it that we really want to do? Now, um, I'm not really tooting my own horn, but there are a lot of things that I can do musically. I can sing. I can play multiple instruments. Mm-hmm. I'm a good sight reader. Um, stylistically, I'm as comfortable with, with jazz as I am with c- classical and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do a lot. I can compose. I can, uh, you know, do covers. Uh, but being able to do a lot isn't necessarily a benefit because it mm. makes it more difficult to focus on one thing. So the question, what do I want to do? I really had to get in and, and meditate and pray over this one. And so I came up with what I thought was a big, hairy, audacious goal or a BHAG. A BHAG. <laughs> <laughs> some, some folks in the corporate world will know about that one because I, I picked that one up when I was in corporate training. BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal. And I thought, okay, let's find a big auditorium, sell it out, big, big, big concert. And the uh, spiritual center I attend, if I'm not out singing, is the Agape International Spiritual Center, which meets at the Saban Center in Beverly Hills. Mm. Saban holds, I think, somewhere around 1,800 to 2,000 people. And I thought, well, that'd be a great place. I know it. You know, I, I know people there. And I have a good buddy who is friends with the owner. And so we got the rate, rate card for it. And it ain't cheap. <laughs> you know? mm. So I started thinking, all right, in order to be able to pull this off, you know, this has to happen and this has to happen. So I started backward engineering it. And I discovered something. Number one, it would take a lot of time, you know, uh, the better part of a year for somebody at my stature, at mm-hmm. my place, to fill a place like the mm-hmm. Saban. It could be done, but it's not. How many is it again to fill it? About 2,000 people. 2,000 people. Yeah. And um, so you figure, you know, for 2,000 of your fans or followers, people interested enough to come see you, to fill up the place, you have to have a whole lot more than that because not everybody's going to want to buy a ticket. And then the tickets, the, what you'd have to charge. So it, it pretty soon became clear to me that though it's feasible, it's not necessarily the most efficient thing to do because what do you do afterwards? Mm-hmm. And so it didn't quite satisfy what this yearning was becoming. So again, go back into meditation, contemplation, really looking at this thing over. And then it hit me, right? It's not big enough. That goal is not big enough. So here's what I came up with. Combined with the same desire that I had back in 2015 to have a regular place where people can come and see me. Why not create a weekly show? So I said, okay, let's have that weekly show. But then it showed up as, uh, I have three versions of it, small, medium, and large. And the small version of the show is what we're doing right now. Just me, online on YouTube uh, for 45 minutes, Mm -hmm. singing songs, a little bit of teaching or commentary about what's going on, and uh, have a good time. Mm -hmm. So that's the first step. So let me ask you something, and this was just my take on it, because uh, when you said the whole thing about your mother saying your music needs to be out there, which I found extremely touching, by the way, Mm. and um, nothing like a mother believing in you. Uh, What struck me, and this is from a conversation I had with you um, about a week or two ago about Mm -hmm. your songwriting. Mm -hmm. And and maybe you assume that that's going to be part of it, but what I would think would be important when I hear your music... I would like to hear more of your songs and I'd like to see more of your songs. And I know one of the things that you're very generous with supporting other people and which I think is a beautiful thing, but at some point we have to decide to support our own work as well, because that also supports people, you know, Mm -hmm. it inspires people. And, and so that's what, I mean, to me, you are very versatile musically, but I think what, what really can set you apart is your, you're a musician and a songwriter, which doesn't always happen, which it doesn't, I mean, it, it doesn't matter, but it doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. That, and maybe it just makes it a little easier if you're able to write the songs that you know how to do it. <laughs> you don't have to rely on it. 
So I'm not, I'm not saying it's easy, but but anyway, that's what I wanted to say. And I when when you were saying that, I said, well, I, I think to me that also sounds like um, putting more of your own work out there, your, yeah. your original work. Yeah, yeah, that's exa- exactly it. So now I'm challenged to really focus on the thing that is, um, it actually means the most to me. What I enjoy doing more than anything else musically is singing my songs uh, and giving it to people. So this is, and this is what my mother meant. She really meant the songs that are coming through me. Through me. Uh, so the nice thing about High Vibe Saturday Night with Ray Davis is that I get to focus on just my songs. And, and there's a kind of a double side of that. It's not just because of my intention, but it's also because uh, I'm doing it on YouTube and you have to clear songs that you, that you haven't written. So I'd have to make sure I'm, I'm, I have true. clearance from the publishers right. or from you know the performing rights organization to, to be able to do these songs. And uh, that just adds more to, more to the cost of it. Instead, now I can just work. Mm-hmm. But now here's the other thing. Uh, a show every week is going to require me to you know, expand my uh, um, my repertoire. I gotta write a lot more songs. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is great because I've got so many in the in the works. I'm constantly coming up with ideas, and so every once in a while, I'll pull out the iPhone and record a snippet of an idea, whether it's for lyric, or for melody, or for rhythm, or genre, or whatever. And uh, I've got tons and tons of old ideas that are that still need development. I'm actively working on two songs right now. Uh, one has to do with uh, relationship with father. Mm. And uh, the second one has to do with, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be called The Road to Heaven. Mm. I'm really excited about this song because it puts to, it, it challenges the idea that some people have that there's only one way to get to, well, first of all, that they know what heaven means. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's a place. Okay, I'll whatever. But if you think of heaven as being a a final reward for those who've lived a good life, and then you also think that the way I define a good life is the only way to get there, I think you're selling yourself and good lives short. Mm -hmm. Because there are a whole lot of people in this world, and they're finding their way through in the best way that they can. So in this song, uh, I address the idea just from a... um, you know, religious point of view, that there's no one road to heaven and that heaven is really a destination within. It's a cultivation of a consciousness within. Mm. That sort of ties into my question I have about the concept of high vibe music. So first of all, there's two parts to my question. One is, uh, how did you come up with that word? Uh, And then it seems to me people could misunderstand high vibration at least from um being in the new age world what they they kind of overemphasize oh you have to have this energetic high all the time and if you're not you're not (laughs) connected to source you know uh, we've come across this so many ways and so many strange so i i I think that it'd be interesting to sort of hear what you have to say because knowing you i know that you're not a, a shallow person like that uh, thank you, and I don't think I am. I I, I, I couldn't put up with it. <laughs> I couldn't smack myself in the face every morning. Man, come on. <laughs> so to answer the first one, high vibe, how did I come up with it? Okay, so uh, anybody who is a song singer-songwriter today and wants to and has product or, or original artist and they have product they want to promote who's not signed to a traditional record label knows what I'm talking about. There are a number of different services online, companies that say they will help you get your music out. So whether it's just Spotify or an Apple Music, that kind of thing, they help you promote it, um, get it into places like that. There are also places that say they will help you find gigs as a musician. All right, so, and even when, let's say, uh, you know, you want to um, produce CDs, because people do, there are people who do sell, still sell CDs. In all of these situations, you have to define your music by genre. Mm. A reasonable thing. Mm-hmm. You know? <clears throat> Pardon me. So, um, I would look through the genres and try to decide. Now that, there are two problems with that for me. Number one, I write in a, in a styles that kind of flow into each other. So, some things are more jazz, and some things are more pop, some things are more blues, some things mm. more more R&B. So choosing any one would have been would be difficult anyway. 
But to add to that, the real focus of my songs is spirituality. It's it's enlightened spirituality. It's it's uh, you know we're trying to raise the vibration. Hence high vibe. So I would look at these categories and I'd have to choose one and maybe a second, but nothing ever made sense. Mm. You know, uh, I'm African American, so they would assume okay, it's going to be jazz or or R and B. Well, number one, that's a poor assumption. A lot of African Americans doing all kinds of stuff, mm. uh, but neither jazz nor R and B adequately describe my music. There is no current genre that describes my music. So I figured, let me make up one. <laughs> <laughs> And High Vibe just kind of made sense to me. Mm -hmm. uh, high Vibe, yeah. And the way that I look at it is that High Vibe is not de not determined by style. Mm. See, genre and style are not necessarily the same thing. Mm. Although that's how we typically call it. You know, we say rock and roll. But there are styles within rock and roll. Mm, that's true. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, even R&B, modern R&B, and then what um, Ray Charles was doing at the early part of his career certainly doesn't sound the same. Um, so, <clears throat> so uh, I say high vibe is not a style. In fact, many styles can fit under it, but it really is the intention of the lyric and the, the overall idea of effect. What is, what is the effect that I want to create? So you look at the lyrics of, of High Vibe songs, and I'm using my songs as, as examples. Um, there is definitely a spiritual component. Um, the conclusions and the assumptions, the assumptions and the conclusions reached in the stories or, or, or descriptions of things are all of higher consciousness. In other words, it's challenging us to think more of ourselves, take better care of ourselves mentally and emotionally, and regard others as equal to ourselves. That part is difficult. Even the first one. Uh, I, I don't wallow in um, victimization. So if, let's say that I'm writing a song about a um, something that's unfortunate, actually. Uh, this goes into one of the songs I'm working on right now about the father. Because my, my birth father died when I was 17. And before that, he wasn't really in the house, wasn't really in my life and after about age six, seven. And um, so this actually looks at that relationship. There's a lot that you would consider negative about the relationship. We don't exclude negative situations in high vibe music, but instead we look at them from a point, from an enlightened point of view. What are the lessons I can glean from it? How can this help me to become a better person in terms of how I treat my son, and not just my son, but all other sons. How am I a father to, you know, in a community? And mm -hmm. really, in uh, um, so many ways you can go with that. So, the, so high vibe music, it intentionally looks for and celebrates the best in humanity, the best in nature, the best in the cosmos. Not gonna, not gonna hang with, with victimhood. No. I like that a lot, and there's uh, the two things I like is the um, we've talked about this with uh, Merle that we have a culture of, of victimization mm. that we are because it works. It, oh, there's, sure does. there's no doubt about it, and uh, and I, I know some people that have been terribly victimized. They never become a victim. I mean, horrible things that have happened to them uh -huh. that you you would say you could be a victim, and I'm okay with it, <laughs> and they're not. You know, so it, it it shows that you can rise above it, and and that idea of reframing your pain, mm, mm -hmm. um, that I think is is healthy, and I, you can see that from different you know psychology wants you to do it and spirituality wants you but i like the fact that you're not saying you're not going to want to deal with pain um when there that's part of enlightenment and uh i mean buddhism taught me um through meditation is to go directly into my suffering mm, yeah. it, that that's the thing i learned in the shambhala trainings i I was at one early on, and I, I had broken up with a boyfriend. I was, like, crying through the whole meditation practically, and we all had our instructors we'd go to, and I was sort of being apologetic about that to my instructor, who was just an older student at the time. Mm -hmm. He says, no, no, you go into it. That's good. Go into it. Breathe into it. You want to go into it. 
And that was, I was young and I thought, wow, that's, you know, that's cool that they, they, they insist that you go into it, you know, because that's how you, you learn whatever you need to learn from it. But um, resisting it just creates more suffering. And to me, that goes into the second part of your question about, you know, sort of the shallowness of, of uh, perceptions about what a high vibration is. A high vibration does not avoid what you would think of as a low vibration. It actually encompasses everything and says, with this, this is who we are. With this, this is what we can express. With this, this is what we can become. So I do not, I do not suffer that, you know, airy-fairy kind of head in the sky feet off the ground kind of point of view. No, 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 no. Our physical expression is the final expression of the whole process of incarnation of spirit. So we live in these bodies and in this space and with gravity and everything. Yeah, for what purpose? To make it better. Mm-hmm. To, to, to show the best of life right here and right now. Yeah, and that's another important point is the idea we live in the body. And uh, being part of the earth we're going to suffer even just from old age even Mm -hmm. if you have the most perfect life which no one has but you're going to eventually suffer from some kind of an illness yeah or other people around you yeah you know so you might and if you love them sometimes that's even harder you know so i would say that you know i like your approach because i do feel that a lot of people think of a high vibration in that way of, of only being positive and and your energy is always a certain way. Um, you can be around someone incredibly sad and it can be very opening. Oh, um, absolutely. It just yeah. reminds me of someone. You'll like this story. When I was in Tennessee doing this documentary with a friend of mine, we would go into this little um, tiny area where these older Tennessee people. Um, she was a photographer and I was supposed to do the writing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we, we had some grant money, believe it or not. And um, there were these old people in this little area that we'd go to visit. And there was this one old man. One day, he was singing a song on his uh, porch. And it was, uh, time has made a change in the old. And he was rocking in his chair, crying. Mm-hmm. I have, I've never forgotten it. I mean, the way he sang, I, I don't even remember why he was singing. And, and it was as if I was there and I wasn't there. And he was just so in it, in his old voice. And I was thinking like, wow, that's music. Mm, <laughs> and it, yeah. it just struck me. You know, he was obviously in some kind of a painful state in a sense. But at the same time, it was so healing listening to him and i still can draw from it years later it's so odd when you have those moments with music and you're not expecting it maybe that's part of it you don't Mm -hmm. expect an old man to be doing that in the middle of the day too (laughs) you know no it was all no instruments you know and and his voice was pretty good actually um but i i don't know what my point was oh the idea that you know we can't run away from pain and i like that idea that you include what you know we would consider low vibration in the sense so in a sense after a while it's just neither high nor low it's mm-hmm. it's enlightenment it is it is it is exactly that and there is of course the point of view that you know we evolved from lower what we would call lower life forms but other life forms on the planet and in fact in, in old uh, uh, esoteric teachings <clears throat> it says from the mineral to the vegetable, vegetable to the animal, animal to the human. And in terms of um, frequency of light, one can say that the mineral kingdom has the densest or lowest vibration, you think, but density. And so we're op- becoming less and less dense in a sense, in a sense, less dense in a sense. <laughs> it's always, I'm always listening for it. <laughs> um, and so, you know, so we are, we're actually, um, cre- uh, I'll speak to this too. We are actually evolving in a spiritual sense. We're evolving to, ha- to allow more light in through our being. So there is a physiological evolution as well, but it has to be initiated by self-conscious choice to, in a sense, raise the vibration. You know, so I have to change my way of thinking and feeling and speaking and acting, uh, allowing for um, 
higher form, forms of expression. By higher meaning doing less and less harm. Doing less and less harm to the self and to anyone else or any place else involved. This is not an easy thing. Because one thing that I can think of as helpful for me might in turn be harmful for someone else. Think about the development that we've seen through, well, here we're in Santa Monica, and for miles around you see nothing but sidewalk and asphalt and buildings and all that kind of stuff. Well, there was something before that. Mm -hmm. There was grass and dirt and critters and all kinds of stuff working in perfect harmony. We have really disrupted a lot of things just by building our habitations where we have and the way we have. New York City, as a matter of fact, is supposedly shrink, uh, sinking mm. because of the weight of the buildings in Manhattan. So um, doing what we thought of as good for ourselves has stressed the environment in a way that is not natural. This is not to say that we shouldn't be building buildings or laying asphalt for roads, but it does say that sometimes what I might think of as good, or this is an example of what I might think of as good, can in fact be negative for something else. So we rise in consciousness in part to realize what pure goodness is. What good thing can I do with, through, from myself, for myself, that actually has a net good effect for everything involved? And that is a level of wisdom and understanding that most people will never have in a lifetime. So we need some aid, some help with that. And there are, again, in my way of seeing things through Kabbalah, there are energies that are assisting us mm -hmm. that the ancients referred to as, as, as angels. I'm not expecting anything in wings to come flying around, but on the other hand, I wouldn't be that surprised either. I am because I live with birds. <laughs> there, you, there you go. You know, so whatever it is that I can connect to that would, say, raise my ideas, my thoughts, my consciousness. Hence, again, why I'm providing high vibe music. I want this thing that's so important and meaningful to me and, and can be so powerful and moving people like hearing that old man sing. I want that to be an aid of helping people to think higher, higher thoughts, higher thoughts. Let more light into the consciousness. Let more light so that eventually the good that I do is just good. Hiring nothing. Well, I think you're also up against another obstacle. And it's a temporary one, but it's important um, that lyricists and even words in music are often not played even loud enough now. And I mean, I learned this from you, I think. Yeah. And I was, because I, I mean, lately I was like, I, I'll go and I'll listen to the person's song and say, well, I would have liked to hear that singer sing that. And, and at first I thought it was me going deaf or something. <laughs> and then it's like, no, the volume of the instruments were higher. And I said, what's the point of having a song? If you can't remotely hear it, I know there's some styles that that you don't, but that's mm -hmm. we're not talking about that. We're talking right. about you know even old rock. I know their songs. I know I can sing along with them. Mm -hmm. You know, once in a while you might not catch a phrase and right. you go look it up. But but it, it's it's to me a challenge to have lyrics that people want to listen to. Um, and and I think it's there's an audience for it because I, I think we're also talking about poetry's on the rise. So. Yeah. People like words. Mm -hmm. So why are we not, why is this disconnect with the producing and what the audience, what they might think the audience wants? And I don't know. It, it's a little, it's a little frustrating for me as an audience member. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too, actually. Uh, you know, things cyclical, you know, things swing this way, swing that way. There may be a swing at some point in the future towards the, but, but what, one thing I can say is that I, I think a lot of people, um, think of music and the greater realm of pop music as being more mood setters or mood accompanying things. So if I want to feel happy, I put up an, an upbeat song, which just, you know, and what, how do I define upbeat? I define it by a sound, not so much lyrical content. If I'm feeling a little moody, put on something more like that. Now, there are times when uh, I, I know that their modern audiences are really paying attention to lyrics. I would say that uh, people who follow, for instance, um, oh, goodness, what is her name? <laughs> I should not forget her name. Uh, one of the biggest selling artists, uh, um, young lady, very talented, blonde, sings, guitar player. Uh, 
young? Yes. Oh, I'm not going to know. <laughs> no, any of the young people. It'll come back to me. But but uh, Swift, T- Taylor Swift, of course, Taylor Swift. T- Taylor Swift fans, they know her lyrics. They absolutely know her lyrics. Mm. But those were engineered also lyric up front because she tells such wonderful stories in her songs. Mm. Um, so it, it can be defined from artist from artist, but there is a general trend a general trend for the vocals to be further back in the mix and the other instruments to be a bit hot, a bit higher. And I think a lot of that has to do with uh, modern audiences wanting to feel the mood of things. And so you can certainly um, mm. design the production or the arrangement, or arrange the instrument to ev- ev- evoke certain moods. Um, with my songs, fortunately, I get to be in charge. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't hide the lyrics. I can't. It, it's it's where everything lives, mm-hmm. now, along with the melodies and the harmonies and the rhythms. But I, I I also I agree with you. I would rather hear what the what they're talking about. What are, what's what are you trying to communicate to me? It, it may also be another um, representation of the fact that we're having problems with listening, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of platforms to talk. Uh, and there is also there's. Ooh, I think yeah. there's also this um, laziness um, around words. And by the way, there's certain spiritual people think we're all going to be telepathic again someday. And I say, no, please. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd like language for some very practical reasons. I don't want to be telepathic. I mean, I'm a little bit already and it's not fun, people. But that doesn't make sense to me. Why would we go back to, if that's what we used to be more, why would that be be devolving? Mm. Why do we have this idea? Uh, And as a writer, you know, writers get trashed a lot of times. They don't get, like, we have the writer's strike right now, and they they deserve to strike. Yes. Um, And they, they get misused in ways that you would never think to misuse, like, uh, a painter um, uh, particularly maybe in certain forms of writing, or they just, nobody knows them. Some of the greatest writers, you know, they don't know them. And um, so there's this thing with words that we have, and I know that words are challenging, and I know the English language is challenging. Uh, but that idea that, I, I agree that people might say, well, the music puts me in the mood, but words can totally put you oh, in the mood. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's a couple poems I go back and I reread and I, I just cry my eyes out. They're so powerful. You know, they're, those are some of the greatest. I mean, Dylan Thomas, like with his language and his beautiful lyrics. I mean, it's like a lot of people even know some of his poems, I think. Uh, so it, it's a little, I think there's also some sort of a negative thing behind that to me that is connected to how we don't value words or use them in ways hmm. that are more conscious, and I do blame, we don't have a platform for listening. We have platforms for talking. I'm not against that, but I think it's creating some bad habits. I'll get in a bad habit if that's all I'm doing. Because really, you know, you're setting yourself up on your soapbox for whatever that is. Yeah, that's for sure. And you you can't really have that back and forth all the time like you do in a conversation. Mm -hmm. It's just not set up for that. That's not its right. purpose. That's right. That's right. Now, there, there is a, a, a counter trend that I think gives us some hope. That is the uh, power of the podcast. I talk to more and more and more people mm-hmm. who listen to podcasts regularly. So that gets one bit. Now, the other, other side of that is that a lot of what you're listening to is really just spoken story. Nothing wrong with it, it's, but it's like a TV series. Mm-hmm. But it's as a podcast. Right. <laughs> Nothing wrong, but it at least gets a language component in there without, you know, having the visual of, of uh, cinematography, etc. So there's that hope. The other thing is I really do believe that there is an opening for more spiritual conversations. However, that's conducted, whether it's a one way I'm listening to someone or I'm engaging. Mm hmm. Uh, I think there's most definitely, because for the first time in American history, we're, we're really looking at a time or, or a situation where the majority of people do not subscribe to a specific religious faith. Mm, that's a good point. So just a little more than half don't. So that just means that, <clears throat> pardon me, more, and more and more people are describing themselves as spiritual, but not religious. 
So it's not like they're leaving spirituality. Mm-hmm. Instead, they're reclaiming it for themselves and, and wondering, you know, what else is out there? What 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 do I not know? This doesn't make sense. This doesn't serve me anymore. The the thing that you know, there's an old Christian song, "Faith of my fathers living still." It's, the faith of my fathers is not sufficing, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of people. So they're looking for other things, and that and that gives uh, cats like me who are interested in in uh, having a dis- a spiritual discussion uh, gives us an opportunity to fill in that space, which is the other side of why um, I started doing these shows. And we just did our third show on this past Saturday. Mm -hmm. And in part, it was wonderful. And in part, it was a total train wreck. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's wonderful. These first couple, three shows, uh, I'm knowing that I'm going to be breaking a lot of eggs and not a whole lot of omelet to show for it. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the live show. We know what you're talking about. (laughs) And it doesn't end. Which is good. I, I one of the things I want people to see is the process, you know, mm-hmm. of coming together and getting something good. You know, you're gonna there's gonna be things that have to be discarded, or changed, and wrapped, and you know, we keep keep a good humor about it, keep a good sense of humor about it. You know, enjoy the process. It's wonderful. But um, oh, another little thing is we're doing it on YouTube, and I just got um 100 subscribers. That's a bit. That's a big thing. It's a huge thing. It is getting yeah. your first 100 can't take you a while, but it didn't. Yeah. Well, fortunately, that's <laughs> people are willing to jump on in there. <laughs> so I'm really grateful for that. But it, uh, you know, the other reason for doing this is because I am. I. It is my heart desire that humans be liberated from all of the things that have just held us down and sometimes held us together. But held us together in grief, held us together in anger, held, held us together in, in, in poverty and impoverishedness. No, there, there are ways to cure all of these problems that, that, that um, beset us. But it's not going to happen if we continue to feed the idea that we are separate from each other and probably enemies until proven otherwise. You know, it's interesting astrologically since you're an Aquarian, mm-hmm. um, you started this during, I think, Pluto just moved into Aquarius, uh, and it oh. it's about to go retrograde back into Capricorn for a little while. So it's going to go, it stays for three months this year, and then seven months next year, and then it stays for a couple decades in the sign of Aquarius. And so this is actually a really good time to be launching it because of Pluto representing transformation of the Aquarian ideals yeah, all right and also i've been i've been doing a deep dive with pluto and i gotta tell you poor pluto has been misrepresented a little bit and uh and i i'll, I'll go into that on my show but um it's it's an interesting um thing because you know pluto doesn't change signs that often it's like every 248 years or something yeah. and so it's it's going to to me it's definitely going to change things related to the aquarius ideal which would be brotherhood and technology and um, making things more fair, equal, mm-hmm. freedom. So all what you're talking about to me and you just launched the show, I think it's perfect timing. Ah, excellent. Glad to your be in mom, alignment your with the Your mother's on to something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she started on me last year knowing it would take my lazy ass. <laughs> you know, so yeah, that was, oh man, oh, that is awesome. Yeah. Now, you oh. said something I think I listened to is the second or third show you said, my mission in life is to introduce the world to high vibe music and art. Yes. So what what is the arts part? <laughs> I'm so glad you called. So for my for uh, my money, all arts, all forms of art need an upgrade. Just let's, let's bring it. There's a higher version of everything. My wife happens to be a, a brilliant painter. And her intention with all of her paintings is similar to my intention with music. She wants to bring light. She wants to bring joy to people's minds. Get them wondering. Uh, she recently started uh, referring to her art as, let's see, what did you say? Uh, <laughs> she just gave it, she just gave it a time. Oh, vision, visionary? Visionary, um, never mind. Anyway, I'll come up with the genre later, but uh, the description at another time. But her intention is to do exactly with her art what I'm interested in doing with my music, which is it is a first a representation of these higher vibrational ideas. 
and then the intention is to help other people to find it for themselves as well. So it's not a it's not a proselytizing thing. It's not a beating knocking on doors and saying, right. "Have you found anything today?" But it is by virtue of demonstration, saying, "Hey, this is available. Check it out." Yeah, her, Lori's art it, it really is extraordinary and different and beautiful yeah. and vibrant and. Uh, we should have her on the show. I think it would be wonderful. Yeah, that would yeah. be wonderful. That would be cool. Yeah. So all art forms, uh, you know, dance, poetry, uh, screen, you know, writing in general. Um, <clears throat> I would say even architecture, mm. sculpture. Boy, we need some renovation with that. Yeah, <gasps> yeah. And some of it has to do with the perspective. See, that, that that is the main thing: is the point of view. From what perspective are you doing the thing you're doing or observing life? Because the point of view. Has reveals different things. I'm going to ask a different question of life than I would if I'm in a negative space of thinking. And by negative, I only mean turns us away from our initial purpose of living. Mm. It's that which turns us away from it. So we are um, um, biologically creatures of the daytime, right? Mm -hmm. So we come out when the sun's up, we're thriving, we're feeling good. People who work graveyard shifts will tell you that there's that's a major adjustment physiologically and psychologically than than the times when they're working during the day because that's just not what we're designed for. So it's it's the same kind of thing um, spiritually. When I you know uh, what for lack of a better term, evil really is the expression of something that's counter to its design. Hmm. Something is counter to its design. So if we are people who are we commune with each other. Evil would tend to isolate me. Mm. And of course, there are times when I want to pull away and I wouldn't be by myself. But I'm not going to be by myself forever. I'm not going to disregard the existence of other people forever. And I'm most certainly not going to think of other people as something less than myself. True good for me, in terms of other people, is inclusiveness, openness, mm -hmm. acceptance, camaraderie, friendship, fellowship, all of, all of these kinds of words that have in cooperation, over competition. Yes, there are times when I'm in a space and somebody else is in the same space and we might be might seem to be vying for the same thing. But what would it what would happen if we started viewing it as it's not really competition but cooperation? Then I can see if that business gets a customer that I don't get, bully for you. Somebody else will be here for me. Well, when I was growing up, which is probably about the same time as you, mm -hmm. I don't know. The business, uh, what I learned was good business was when you, if you didn't have the service, you could recommend with confidence somebody else who would. And everyone knew that that would help you, even though they seemed to get the business. And so I continue to do that. I'll yeah. recommend astrologers that they don't even know I'm recommending them because I want to help people. But that's not, oh my God, that is not a common thing. It's like it's people will say, hey, if you recommend me, I'll do it for you. Let's make a deal. I'm like, no, that's not how I work. I'd like to recommend people I believe in. It feels good. It, I know it comes back to me in some form. And so that used to be part of a lot of business models, I thought. At least, I mean, I grew up in that culture. I would say that that is true. And what we are facing today is uh, a huge push culturally to change that. Mm. It, um, I don't want to name names, but there are certain people who have had uh, access to a lot of audience by virtue of <laughs> how much money they happen to have, who have suggested that winning at all costs is the ultimate objective. Winning. And winning usually means somebody else losing. I'm the winner, somebody else is a loser. See the language there? Yeah. Winner, loser, winner, loser. That doesn't do anything but perpetuate a continuance of winning, loser, winning, loser. So why not look at life as being here for everyone? The, one of the symbols, symbols in this thing is the sun. Right there in the, simple, uh, sim, in the center <laughs> of this beautiful uh, tablecloth with the uh, uh, signs of the zodiac and et cetera. But there's the sun right in the center. The sun shines on everybody and everything. Without the sun, we wouldn't have any life on this planet. That is a symbol of life and life force that's available and comes 
to and through every person. Nobody monopolizes that. Why in the world then do we try to take some of the products of the sun and say, oh, this is mine, this is mine, 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 mine. Nobody else gets this. No, allow the sun's rays, water, air, to have to freely flow to people. And I'm not talking about a model of infrastructure. What I'm talking about is a state of mind. So <clears throat> there are companies today that are have changed their business models or are starting business with hmm. this model of of conscious capitalism. Hmm. Which is, yeah, we're going to make a buck, but as we're making a dollar, we're going to be really good for with our uh, employees, really good to our customers, really good to the planet. And it is those kinds of companies that are that are going to be featured as um as sponsors of High Vibe Saturday Nights with Ray Davis. Mm, I like I'm, that. Yep. I'm actively uh, looking for sponsorships. There's small little sponsorships right now. I like that. we got that. a few companies that will start introducing them during the show. Mm. Uh, so that anyone who uh, wants to come see a High Vibe Saturday Night show, because there will be a point part where we go public or, or outside, you know, mm-hmm. um, they get there for free. People don't pay anything for it. Mm. Now, if there's a recording that you want to get, yeah, there'll be something for that. Sure. But, you know, we're, we're going to be sponsored by companies that want access to the kinds of people who are going to be coming to us, namely spiritual, not religious, interested in environmental causes, interested in taking care of other people as well as they're taking care of. We're not talking about a specific form of government because those things mm. are whatever they need to be. Um, this is not a political thing. Mm. But it is it is a, f- a fundamental point of view that I think is important. And by the way, they're going to enjoy the music because this is good music. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> this is good music. You're going to dance, you're going to cry, you're going to sway, and, you know, all that good stuff. They're the, because it's high vibes. Yeah, it's vibrations. It's, uh, you know, it's a mood, it's a feeling. We get all of that stuff. Mm. And at the same time, we're communicating some ideas that are going to be good for the planet. I, I call it the evolution revolution. Now, are uh, you going to uh, have guests on as well then? At eventually, some point? yes, at some, at some point. In this version, in, in the, the show is going to be three, diff- three different versions. The big, ha- the big hag, the big hairy audacious goal is that it's first small, just me, my studio. Then there's a medium where we'll move into a little larger room, mm. have some uh, additional band members, a couple band members playing sort of unplugged version. Mm-hmm. And a few people on the couch. Mm. Yeah. And uh, so that's the medium version. And we'll, you know, we'll be able to have a guest a performer from time to time. Um, and I know some really good high vibe musicians who I can't wait to invite. Mm. And then there'll be the large version where we're in a, in a theater. And we've got a live audience of maybe 100 people or so. Um, full band. Backing singers, lights, camera, action, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't wait. That's that's going to be good. But I got to do it right here at this level first. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be a gradual build, gradual build, but it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, you, I can see you really have a lot of passion. And that's important. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing because that's what keeps us going is our passion. <laughs> that's for even, sure. Even when it's kind of low. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will say that whenever we do the show, like once we get here, I'm always excited after well, four and a half years. It's our fifth year. It's, mm. it's always fun to do it. And that's one that's of the things when people ask about, you know, their passions in life. It, it usually feels good to do it all the time. And, and there may be parts of it you don't like. Like, I don't like the marketing part. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not very good at it. Um, but <laughs> and that's both. true of everything we do. But that you have that sense of well-being when you sit down to do it, whatever it is, whether it's a show like this, your music, you know, painting, or uh, you like to come up with uh, business ideas for people or make deals with people. It, you should have that sense of well-being and feel, you know, that passion being stirred. I agree. I agree. And actually, it's you guys, you, you and, uh, and Michael, and this show, that was also a big part of the inspiration. Oh. I, 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 so seriously, I, because I, I was thinking at one point, it's like, every week? You're talking about doing a show every week, Ray. Is this real? <laughs> and seeing that, you know, you've, you've gotten more and more viewers 
every year, every month, really. And I remember Michael talking to me about, oh, yeah, we just had, we just reached this part. We just reached, and I'm like, wow, you guys can do it. It is a commitment. It is, and it it is a labor. Mm-hmm. That that's. I mean, I think anyone in the creative business knows that if you want to do something to sustain, that there is that sense of work ethic. That mm-hmm. you know that is. It, I feel like it's rewarding, but I think some people for some reason don't. I'm not sure why, because when you go and do it, you feel like a sense of, yeah, I've done it. You know, I feel good about myself. I wasn't feeling good, but I went ahead and did it. Or, yeah, I'm feeling really on today. I can't wait to start. You know, <laughs> whatever the mood is, doesn't matter. You just got to do it. <laughs> well, I'm finding something interesting, and I noted it this morning. Kind of hit me as a smack in the face, which is a good thing. That at this point, if I say it and follow up on it, reward comes instantly. If I say it and sit on it, the punishment comes right away. And it's, an, it's a mental and spiritual punishment. Like, I feel worse. Mm. My thinking becomes muddled. I don't see a, f- a clear way out. It's just bad. And it's instant. It's not like, you know, I don't notice it anymore. It's really clear. And I think this happens when when you get clear on your intention, get clear on your vision, whatever that's going to move you. Mm-hmm. And this does move me. When I think about what I get to do on Saturday night, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'll just, I love the whole thing. And I'm ready to do this week after week after week after week. Le olam. <laughs> it it, it will grow in its own way. It will evolve and grow. And, and thank you, by the way, for that shout out to us. We uh, that sort of surprised me. I'm glad we were an inspiration. Oh, to you, you were. You so were. That, I didn't say anything, that makes but us I was feel good. But I was clocking it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, before we're getting a little close to the end, and so I want people to know how to see your show. Ah, perfect. Uh, it is on YouTube on my YouTube channel, mm-hmm. which is youtube.com forward slash the Ray Davis. The Ray. Davis. That's the easy, easiest way to catch it. Uh, the show is live Saturday night, 7 p.m. Pacific. And you, so people can chat in. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chat stuff in there, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And I've got some uh, <laughs> a great bit of software to help me monitor the chat and so I can call out people. I just, I'm getting better at using it. Yeah, there's a bit of a multitasking thing since you're mainly a one-man show. I'm, mm-hmm. I assume you have some tech support. Uh, I will. I haven't yet. <laughs> but because of what's happened in the last few weeks, it's there's definitely a demand for it. But I've called in the cavalry. I've called in some people who are very experienced in what I'm, I'm doing now. And I've gotten some good tips and hints about things. So um, the way I'm setting it up now, uh, a lot of the show is automated. So I don't have to do as much mm. you know, in the m- moment thinking about things. And I can focus on fielding questions and comments from the chat room and uh, and watching the shows a couple of shows i watched you play and sing some music mm-hmm. and then you have a little bit of time in which you talk or mm-hmm. respond to the people yeah yeah so that's what it seems like and yeah and the talk you know it, it'll be any number of things that are coming up you know there may have been some news story that i saw or something that hit me in uh you know as i'm uh interacting with people out now out and about, somebody says something that triggers off an idea. And it all has to do with my own spiritual journey. So I'm, you know, I don't want it to be preachy or anything like that. I'm not a preacher. Mm. But, you know, observe something from somebody like, who's essentially like anybody else, just working this stuff out the best we can. Uh, I'm not a licensed reverend or a minister or, uh, you know, practitioner of any kind. Um, that's not to say uh, that I'm an unlearned or unpracticed person. Oh, no, un- to the contrary. Uh, I've been working at this for quite a while. But sometimes I think when people see a, you know, REV in front of a name, they, there's a mental image that hits. It kind of interf- may, may interfere with the easy transition, trans- transference of information. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather the music do that for, for me. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. It, it sort of represents uh, an archetype of some kind and also yeah. people, the history of, of how we perceive it. Uh, I mean, that's true of a lot of titles, I would say, in sure. general. So sometimes it's good, easier not to use it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, it will be interesting to see. I, I know 
by being a friend of yours that you're a politically aware person, but you're not politicizing everything. Okay. And um, and I, I think I'm pretty much at that point, though I, once in a while I get into the feminism, but I find that I still have to do it my own style. And so I have to have just the right place to do it because I... I, I don't really fit in any, any political category, <laughs> except for maybe anyone that has a lot of hate. I'm, I'm not part of that party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever that party happens Whatever to be at the time. Right. Because they the change time, sometimes. I love that. That's well, they right. do change sometimes. Yep. Uh, my dad was pointing out that it used to be the Democrats that had all the sex scandals, and now it's the Republicans, because <laughs> my dad's 92. And, and I thought, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's so right. They switched, they switched the parties now. Yeah. Ain't nobody so, innocent in that respect. Yeah. No. So, but it will be interesting because of the the volatile nature of our climate. Um, when, if you take on a topic that has a political edge to it, not to seem political. I mean, you you can. I find you can say things not meaning to be political, <laughs> and suddenly it's political. Mm-hmm. But that's people putting a twist on it. I yeah. think. And I'm glad you brought that up too, because that has been a. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that are, that that I can find that I can use to resist my own interest in, in expressing a life vision. In fact, whenever I, you know, I've noticed, okay, I'm going to be about this, a particular change. I'm, I'm going to be about this. Uh, as soon as I say it, there are things that come into my awareness that I could use to resist the idea. Mm-hmm. And for instance, in this one, it, it truly was. Okay, this is going to be something out in the public. And what what are people? What are they going to say? What do people think that I'm taking a political position, or that, or they notice that I am taking a political position, and they're opposed to it? What if I get a bunch of people, goons and not? Uh, you know, what do you call? Okay, so what if? Trolls. Trolls. Yeah. What 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 if? Maybe that happens. Maybe it doesn't. Why am I going to worry about it now? It's not happening now. I don't mm. even have a show now. You know, when it started coming up. Yeah. Let's just get first things first. And what's most important here? The most important thing is that I act on this thing that has come to me to do. Mm-hmm. And do what my mama said. <laughs> <laughs> and we can control the rest later. Because, you know, people are going to take positions. But even this climate will eventually pass. Yes. It might not happen in my lifetime. I think it will. But it will eventually pass. All these things always do. But if I let that and the existence of trolls and the potential for trollism stop me, nothing would get done. And the trolls who are, can I say idiots? <laughs> yes, you can. Is that all right? Or cowards even. Cow- that's even a better word. Cowards. They are cowards. There's nothing wrong with having an opinion. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with being opposed to something. Sure, if that's an honest way of doing it. But then you're going to couch it into some silly little name and poke fun at something, just just poke at things just because? You're going to be anti-whatever and pro-nothing? And a lot cowards. of them hide behind fake yeah, uh, fake yeah, profiles. Exactly. So that's right. why I call them cowards. Yeah, that's the ones, it. Can't be traced. Right. Because right. yeah, yeah. they don't want to take the heat themselves. Right. But <laughs> what's a better thing to do? If you're opposed to something that someone's doing on their program, just don't watch the program. Yeah, if you opposed enough, you create your own program. It's, there you go. You know, and if it's popular, you'll get your own fans. Which and you is don't have easier. to. Make, that's right. And you don't have to make reference to anything that you're not. Mm-hmm. And this is what I mean by cooperation. Eventually, you can get to the point where you don't see opponents at all. You just see co-actors, mm-hmm. somebody else in this space. And isn't that a good thing? Mm-hmm. Even if it's something that seems to want to balance your point of view, isn't that a good thing too? Because that's perfectly. Uh, apparent in nature and it seems to be okay with nature mm-hmm. the world doesn't collapse and space doesn't fold in on itself just because there are this and that mm-hmm. <laughs> we are running out of time now so oh, man yeah down to a minute so thanks for coming back on the show and that was a great conversation as always oh thanks for having me i love it and you guys. we will be checking up on your show and see how it goes and uh good luck with it Thank you, thank you. And thank you all for tuning in. Join us next time as we continue to explore the esoteric and the obscure together. Have a great week.